Like Call It What You Want, which we know is your favorite podcast about the beautiful game, Viore is committed to delivering a great experience for everyone, which is highlighted by their new perspective on performance apparel. Everything is designed to work out in, but doesn't look or feel like it. In fact, I'm rocking their Stratotech polo right now, along with their Sunday performance jogger pants, so I can be business on top when I'm on camera, but super comfortable on the bottom. And it's just the best. Fiori gear is incredibly versatile, and it can be used for just about any activity. Running, training, swimming, lounging around, hosting podcasts, doing errands, whatever your heart desires, because Viore is an investment in your happiness. And for our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. So go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash call it. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash call it. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Go to viore.com slash call it and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Alongside Charlie Chuck Mike and Davies and Hollywood Heath Pearson today, not only are we going to discuss U.S. men's national team players that are playing or not playing, looking at you, Christian Pulisic, in the Champions League and Europa League this week, and the new FIFA rankings that just came out, and the League's Cup format that just got announced by MLS and Liga MA Keys, that competition that's happening next summer. We're also welcoming one of your favorite former U.S. men's national team players onto the podcast. It isn't one of us three, of course. It's Jermaine Jones. Will be joining us in a second, but before we bring him on, Heath, I'm coming to you first. What are you excited to talk about with Mr. Jermaine? Yeah, I mean, obviously, we 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 all know him as a teammate and to different degrees in, in in our lives, and and to see him now evolve into the coaching side. Just curious, just that transition. You know, I I, I think just the transition out of playing and into something new is is hard enough, but to now see him working with the youth national teams in the U.S. and whatnot. Just a lot of questions on what he thinks about our next generation coming from a very different environment that he came in um, in Germany. Yeah, I can't wait to get his insight on that. How about you, Charlie? I mean, Jermaine, Jermaine's a brother. I, mean, I, got <laughs> I feel to like there's some Jermaine, inside, so. inside stories yeah, here that you're I mean, ready to share. We, we, we go back. And so, yeah, I, I've I've followed him along along his path, along his journey since he's been since he's been done playing. And... We we always uh, love to go go in depth when I talk about tactics and formations and and um, it'll be good to hear his, what well, I mean from his perspective what this midfield should look like, and and how they should approach this World Cup. We'll see if he's uh, as big of a Eunice Musa fan as the rest of us. All right, without further Freddie ado, it's time for the tale of the tape for our <laughs> special guest, standing six feet tall, weighing 179 pounds. It's a man that played over 380 games in his club career, starting the reigning Europa League winners in Eintracht Frankfurt before he became a mainstay in the middle of midfield at Schalke. We played for seven seasons before taking a lap around the world in Turkey and the United States, who, by the way, 
He represented 69 times and scored three goals for the red, white, and blue, but none more memorable than his banger against Portugal in the 2014 World Cup. And now he's up for induction into the National Soccer Hall of Fame. It's German! Jones! Yo, German, what's up, man? How's it going? Great to see you. <laughs> wow. Okay, okay. Somebody's on fire. Yeah, no. we just like Thank you guys. Hype. Thank you. No, it's a yes, pleasure it's, to it's be here. It's great to see you. Great to see you as always. I we could go so many different directions. I'm gonna go first, but if I I, I kind of want to bring you into the recent news. Christian Pulisic doesn't play for Chelsea. Mm -hmm. And I want to know what you do if you're Greg Burhalter, Jermaine Jones. What do you do with this Christian Pulisic situation? Is he an automatic starter for you at the World Cup? Because I just want to jump in there because it's like it's 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 on my brain. You know, it's a tough one because uh, you have a young group and, you know, you have a lot of quality, I think, in, in midfield and you you can play around. But, you know, still, it's Christian Pulisic. So he, he he's a big reason why they're all there, you know, in um, in, in his position. I think yeah, we all know the, the team he plays with Chelsea, it's, it's not an easy roster and not an easy squad. So um, I think he's still the captain. He's the main uh, guy for the national team. So, yes, I will play him if I'm the if I'm the, the head coach. Jermaine, you were one of the early sort of dual nationals that was a high-profile player coming to play for the United States men's national team. How much have you seen the evolution of, you know, the environment you came from? You were capped a couple times with Germany uh, to, to now this young group of, of players. I mean, what's the difference now between the quality of when you came in and what you're seeing and, and the next generation of quality? You know, um, I said this already in 2016, and I think Charlie knows that, you know, I always said that this, this country can be a big soccer country if, you know, if we do in the right steps. And um, the developed phase, especially now working with the U19s, and I can have the chance to look deeper into what is coming. I can tell you, we, we have good, good players. And the, the develop is, um, it's, it's incredible, you know, and you can see it now with the first team. We have the youngest group going to the World Cup in, um, in, you know, if you, I think the oldest guy is like how old, 26, 28 or something like that. So, and in, in, in that's crazy, you know, so for a first team. But if you look at the depth, the depth, what we have in the youth team, it's, it's unbelievable. And um, I had last time when we were in Slovenia now for the new 19s camp, I said, like, if, if you can look forward and at one time, you can predict already that you will have maybe at one point a seven foot goalkeeper because <laughs> his dad, his dad was a basketball player. And, and the kid tried to decide now to go play soccer instead of basketball, you know, so we have the luck on that because when I look at our, our group with the 19s, we have kids in there like, man, they're like, they look like 25 and they're just like 17 years old. But they're because they have a background and the dad was a football player and, and all that stuff, you know, and then mixed kids, you know, from half Colombian, half black African-American. I think we can be blessed. And I think um, there's there's a lot of talent coming. Let's move to the current U.S. men's national team midfield. <laughs> and and I, I still go out a lot of people who said that Hector Herrera was going to make a bigger impact than you did when you came to the revolution in MLS. I said, you're out of your mind. <laughs> and and that's the proof, right? So I always got your back. Um, with this current group, Tyler Adams, Weston McKinney, Eunice Musa. Now you can also add Gio Reyna, Brennan Aronson, Kellen Acosta, Luca Del Torre. What should the approach be 
from Greg Berhalter heading into the group stage in the World Cup? Should it be two sixes and Weston McKinney and Adams and have Yunus Musa be more of an attacking midfielder? Because it seems like they're struggling to find support for whoever is playing number nine. So what do you think Greg Berhalter should do heading into that first game against Wales? I, I will, from watching the three games with um, ESPN and I worked over there, I would say like definitely I would go with one six Adam and then bring two guys on the front, you know, give Weston maybe the chance to go and be free, you know, and then have uh, Musa on the, on, the, on the right. And then it gets tricky, you know, then you have to pick. Then you can play with the Fels nine. Maybe you put Christian in as a as a Fels nine, you know. And then you have Aaron on the left in um, in, uh, in in where on the opposite side. So you, or it depends. Like you know, you can play around. It's the same like we did in the World Cup. Remember, we had uh, Clint, you know, who played then on top because we knew that um, we needed him to score goals. But he was not like you know the guy who would defend every time for us. So in something like now with the with the national team now, you know. We, we don't have the number nine who scores that much goals and we can sit and say like that's our main goal scorer right so we're still searching for that guy but you have a guy who proved it in the past with christian Politic. so maybe you give him the freedom you know to find himself in that world cup put him as a nine and then have behind him weston somebody who's good in you know attacking the box coming late in, in, in Musa, who I really like, he's he's really safe and good on the ball. He controls the game, you know. And you give Aronson, who's who's on fire too with um, with Leeds, you know. You can give him a run, in, um, and then on the opposite side, you as a coach, you can play around and you can see who's who's who had a good preseason for the World Cup. Listen, Jermaine, I'll be honest and say that I would love to have seen a midfield with you and Tyler Adams in it. I think you guys would just own that whole space in the middle of midfield and just destroy everybody that, that comes through. I, I know that can't happen, but I'm still visualizing it in my head and I got a big smile on my face. So so <laughs> tell us tell us about the experience of 2014 in Brazil. You're in the group of death. You're playing against Ghana, who's been our bogey team up until that point. We can never get past the Ghanaians. You score in the first couple minutes, and it feels like it gives you that belief that we can maybe do something special unless you go on to win. Obviously, John Brooks scores late to win 2-1. And then against Portugal, obviously 2-2, and you score a great goal in that one, and then Germany lose 1-0. They were in complete control of that one while I was there, and I remember them being pretty dominant, but it was enough to see us get through. How important, because we've talked about it a lot here on the show, how important is that first game to get the belief, not only of the players, but the fans and, the, and, and everybody else behind you to say, hey, we're, we're a team that has something special and we're going to prove it to you. You know, I don't think it starts just at the World Cup. I think it starts the, 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 the weeks before, you know, when you prepare, when you have the first interviews and you go with talks. And, you know, I think with us where it clicked was when we went to New York and, and everybody was writing us off and people were like making jokes about us, especially somebody like Lexi Lalas, you know. And <laughs> that that know, cut and, deep, didn't it? <laughs> Clearly. But yeah. I'll tell you right. Hey, what did he say, have, by the way? Well, you gotta, you gotta give though. us context. What did he say? <laughs> you know, and um, no, it was just a question, you know, where he was on the podium and we were there on like a fan event or something, and he was asked, or well, the three people were asking, he and he was like, Oh no, there's no chance that they come out of the group, you know. And I was like, <laughs> I'm like I'm like, wait, give me a give me a second. Like he he he, he, he he's an American guy, like <laughs> and like not like give us a chance a little bit or something, but you know what? It was good because that 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 put us as a group together, you know, to to prove that people wrong, 
because um, yes, we were in a group with Germany, Ghana, in Portugal, and everybody was thinking, you know what, we just go there to get like jerseys and autographs, and then we fly back home. But at the so, end, you know. So who's gonna poo poo on this team right <laughs> before the week? <laughs> the week before. It could, it could be Alexi again. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah. Hey, you know, like the, the the guys out there. So some some of them will will say something, you know, especially now when you see the results now and you know. Lexi, Twelman, somebody will be ready for that. Maybe yeah. one of you guys can do it. Charlie goes at the team all the time, so maybe I, I have a go. But I, I'm always saying I back this team always. But when yeah, they but play, when they play I, I poorly, you have to you have to say they play so poorly. The reality is, like, as living in this country, represented this country, and we wear this jersey. You always have to go and say, I support them and I hope the best that they're going out there in there. They achieve what they want to achieve. But if you work on TV, yes, you have the rights. If they don't play good, to say, okay, they were not playing good. But then at the end, we all know you cannot play every time good. So we have to find a balance, like how much you want to crush them and how much you take it into like a, a joke. And you know, some of the guys there, you know, they like to play. And I came back on Alexi Lalas for that, you know. And he was the first one on Twitter that apologized because he knew he was like not looking good. But you know, it's at the end, it's 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 a tournament, and you know, Charlie, and you know, it's like you go there to enjoy it, man. Mm-hmm. It's a, maybe a lifetime, you know. It's the biggest party in the world. Like if you not go there just to enjoy the whole thing, then I don't know. Maybe you have nothing to do than stay home. You know, <laughs> you don't have to be scared about playing against big player or that. Go there, enjoy it, have fun. Yeah. Hey, hey, Jermaine, so when you played in 2014 and between you and Tim Howard were my players of the tournament for, for the U.S. team, and but you weren't young, you weren't inexperienced, you were at what I think the perfect time to be coming into a World Cup. Of course, it would have been nice to have you in 2010 without the injuries, but you came in and you were a leader from the beginning. Now, I don't know if it was predicted that you would be uh, the, the best player for the U.S. That, that took what we had seen in all the national team games and then elevated on an even bigger stage, right? When you look at this team now, do you think we have those pieces? Because like you said, we, we have all the, the the cool stats, like being the youngest and you know guys playing in bigger clubs now and things like that. But it's still a young team, and it's still lacking some of that that experience that you can look back on in difficult moments. The moment you give up a goal in the first, first minute of the World Cup, or the moment things go a little bit hard for you, it seems like this team struggles to look around and recognize you know, a few players that can lift this team up in, in difficult moments. Do you think this team has that? Uh, and what is it that you drew on in your World Cup experience that made you rise to that occasion or rise to that challenge? For myself, what I said before, I knew it was my last chance to play a World Cup. And I just wanted to enjoy it. A lot of people don't know that I played with a double hernia. So I was injured the whole time, you know, and I paid under pain. But, um, you know, there's, 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 a, there's moments in life where you just, you know, you, you, you have to see it this as a one-time chance. And that's something like the World Cup. So all the players now, you know, when the when people talk to me, Saudi Arabian game and like the games, and I'm like, guys, you've never been there before. That's short before a World Cup. Now with all the games, you, you, you're careful. You don't want to get injured because your focus is into that World Cup. So in, I'm pretty sure that you will see complete different faces of all single ones of who's in this roster because it is. This is, this is where you see who's a man and who's not a man, who can show up on a big stage and who cannot. And people were surprised with me. They always said, like, oh, how can he, you know, get better when he plays the top games? Because I was used to it. I played Champions League, top games every weekend out, you know. And, and people, 
they're done. And when they went to the World Cup, they broke, you know, and you were able to see who's who's ready for the big stage and who's not. And yes, you will see, you know, we have a young group and this is the next challenge for this young group. And you will see at the World Cup who's 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 top class and who's still developing and who needs time. Well, you bring up competition and I know you more than anyone can talk about the Bundesliga. Jordan Pifok scoring goals in the Bundesliga for a top team in the Bundesliga, not getting called in for reasons, for reasons saying, hey, we know how he plays. We don't need to call him in. Is this a player that at the minimum has to be included in the 26, let alone given a chance to really play and start, but at the minimum has to go to Qatar knowing that this guy is competing in a top league and delivering. Why wouldn't you include him in a squad where goals have, have been hard to come by? Yeah, you know, it's it's a question you have to ask Greg Berhalter. You know, it's um, he, he what you said, everything speaks for him. You know, he, he plays in the Bundesliga. He's a starter. He, you know, they're in first position. And, and, and we're looking for somebody who can score, you know, right now. In, in, um, but, you know, sometimes you know it too, Charlie. It's, it's, it's not easy, especially for a coach. Sometimes, you, you, you know, you give strikers your trust and, and you want to hold on on them because you know that they need just a little bit sometimes to jump over that, that, that bridge to come back and score, you know. And you don't want to just, like, drop them because you build with them in, in, and that's something what maybe Craig is doing right now, you know. Well, you so need, you need three of those guys, though. I, that's I, a question. I, I, could, I could see one, right? And Ricardo Pepe would be that one because he built the trust in World Cup qualifying. But three? Okay, then tell me the other two. Well, Jesus Ooh, Ferreira, because he played and he's playing well in MLS. Josh okay. and, now, and now Josh Sargent, who had an opportunity in this camp, didn't take it. And he's playing in the championship. Now, I'm not saying because he's playing in the championship, he shouldn't go because the championship is rubbish. But what I'm saying is you can't compare. Sounds like you're saying it's rubbish. I'm not. You can't compare (laughs) the championship to the Bundesliga. You cannot compare them. So for me, I I, I give you a profile. Yes, I give give you my thoughts on this. Like for me, it's, it's pretty simple. As a striker, you need to trust from the coach. That's pretty simple. It doesn't mean if you play championship, Bundesliga, or MLS, or whatever. If you have the, you feel comfortable to not scoring, and you still play, you will score most of the time. But if you have the pressure that you have to score, then it's most of the time that you're not scoring and you sit on the bench. So, and as you can see with all the top strikers, they know they will play day in and day out. And this is why they can do stuff where you're being surprised and go like, oh my God. Like if you look at somebody like Haaland, like, look how comfortable he is. Because, of course, he scored a lot of goals now and he backed it up. But at the end, he knows if he not scored the next five games, he will still play. They will not take him out. But then you have another guy who comes in. He has to score to get his a chance to be back next game. You know? So, and that sometimes is tough. So, you see all of them playing actually good in their home teams if you go with that. You know? But then if they come to the thing, they're all, like, questioned. Is he for the national team? Can he play for the national team? He cannot. And most of them, they cannot back it up. And then we all have this conversation and sit and say, why cannot they play the same way they play with their own team? You know, so I think it's it's a tough one. I want to remind everybody. I want to remind everybody that France won the World Cup in 2018 without Olivier Giroud, their number nine scoring. So based on that, 
logic, we should be favorites to win this. Oh, World this Cup triggers this like triggers Charlie every time <laughs> you say that. I just felt like a real tension in my chest. <laughs> no, no, no. So I'm going to put you on the spot here, Jermaine. Obviously, there's some areas of concern. Like, who is it going to be our number yeah. nine? To your point before, uh, should we go with a false nine just to get all of our talented attacking players on the field at the same time? Who's our midfield? Who's our back four? Our goalkeeper? Who's starting? Who would be your best starting 11? Who would you choose if you were the coach? If you were, if you were Jermaine Berhalter, who's your starting 11? I don't, maybe you want it to be Greg Jones. I don't know which one you want, but, 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 but he's a Jermaine Berhalter. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> Jermaine Berhalter. Jermaine, who is your best 11? Who do you think should start against Wales on game one on November 21st? You know, to be honest, I, I don't want to go that deep. You know, <laughs> oh my, I've not never just, known Jermaine to shy away. He's dodging. Hey, look at him. He's in, I've he's never in the system. Seen. He can't. He can't go and oh say that. He's in the system. Gosh, I would hey, never expect this out right. of Jermaine. Hey, Somebody I'm working. So I'm, I'm working for your soccer. Yeah, so, he's in the system, guys. Come I, on. I, I, I say this. I say this. Every player who will be picked by Craig. Greg has an idea behind it, so. <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course. Don't tell me that. And he's, a, and he's the head coach. So anybody, so anybody Jermaine? Jermaine's hiding right now. Has anybody yeah. seen Jermaine? This is from, Jermaine yeah. Wow. Hey, at, at least I tell you this. I want, <laughs> I want only, I want only, I want only Adams on the field. If Adams on the field, I think he's the brain for everything. If not Musa. Adams no. and Musa. No, Musa's not a hundred percent for you. Is that are I, you the biggest fan? Is Adams, I, Adams like your favorite Adams, player? Adams is my favorite, favorite player. Like yeah, when Adams, yeah. you can see when Adams is Adams is not getting the the, the respect he should get. But mm-hmm. I know it's the same like me. I had the same issues. So the work he's doing on the field, the dirty work for Musa in Weston, it's 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 unbelievable. Oh, Especially when best. Yeah. Yeah. Protecting yeah, the back yeah, four. Cool. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. Jermaine, you you had a different range. You you I, I don't I wouldn't say you were a six out and out six, right? You could cover ground. You could get forward. You could you could control the tempo in a different way than I think Adams does. Do you think that he is really the the, the building block around that midfield? It's not maybe one of the other twos and he's complimenting or is it the work that you think that he has to do? Because we've seen now deep blocks, high blocks, this team uh, struggles, right? Against the high press, against the deep block, we're, we're, we're struggling for creative ways to, to solve problems. Do you not think maybe there's another player you would put in that lineup over, over him as number one? Um, no, I think that we struggle in general. You know what? I think it's because we not a team who can control the game. We're not dictating again. Yep. Agreed. Yeah. I say this, like I say this a lot of times now, when you watch games where we have to do the game, we struggled already against Jamaica. We struggled against Costa Rica. We were lucky. Costa Rica were like, they were like playing with 20 people, like over 40. They were not having, having their legs anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's the real that's the reality. Yeah, that's great. No, that's, like, true. that's the reality. But then when we played Mexico, and we were able to sit, and they wanted to play, we crushed them, because that's our game. We we not the team who can control. That's still a young group. They have to find themselves. And I don't think that that Craig can do the same when he coached Columbus, where he always like played and controlled. I think with this group, you don't have the players. They don't. They they're just more sitting. In their break on you, they have all speed. They're young, and and I think that's that's the philosophy. What you know, when we go now to the World Cup, will this why I say you will see we'll see a complete different face against England. We will see a mm-hmm. complete different face against Wales because that's countries they come and they're thinking still like oh that's small America. So we we not we not have the pressure on us to be like oh let's show us what what's going on. 
Same what we had when we go to the World Cup 2014. We had not the pressure to go there. But if you play Saudi Arabia, everybody's at home and like, hey, we have to crush them. We have to play them on the wall because look at the players, look at them. But that's not who we are. That's well, not. I'd, I'd say against Wales and Iran, the expectations are that we are the better team. We have more possession and we win. And to your point, that's not that's not the strong point. Although I'll say when Yunus Musa is on the pitch, that's the difference because he's a player you can play to and he can dribble out of those problems. We don't. Tyler Adams is not a dribbler, and I I agree with you. He's the number one most important player in this in this group. Wasim Kenny not a dribbler. Timoweya not a dribbler. But hey Jimmy, real quick, one. mark it, mark that Jimmy, because Charlie just said it's Tyler Adams. So when he changes his mind in four days <laughs> on who the most important player is, we're gonna <laughs> on the whole team, I've work, always right? said, I've always said Tyler. <laughs> he said, Adams. Wait, always said. <laughs> oh man, don't give me that. Oh, you're becoming one. Uh, yeah. Uh, I said, I, and I said how important Yunus Musa is in terms of possession for this team. You just yeah, asked they, Jermaine, not Yunus Musa, when he said Tyler Adams. What? I said Yunus yeah. Musa. <laughs> yeah. You, do you not think he's 100% should be in the, in the team? He said he's the and, only one you can count on. That you're so, going to check him yeah. off. Yeah. I, I want to jump in here really quick, in, Jermaine, because you're coaching our, our U19s. Is there? Do you feel like we're lacking? I, I don't know much about the group that you have. I know some names, but but not necessarily how they play. Do you feel like we're missing that that maybe deep line playmaker? There's someone that can set the rhythm and the tone as we try to play and transition from defense to attack. Because it seems like we just to your point, we have a lot of runners, and we have attacking players that want to run as well or get into those things or just hit people on the break. And I don't know if we really have that one player that can just kind of sit on the ball and slow everything down. And to your point, I think it would be prudent for us to potentially play more into those strengths than trying to out-possess people when we don't necessarily have the players to do so. You know, it's it's funny if we, we talk about if we have that player. Yes, we have him, and he's playing. It's Christian Pulisic. Hmm. But I think it's just like we putting too much, and I said this from the beginning, let him, he's still developing. He's still young, you know, and everybody's hmm. putting him, the pressure on him. Like, realize when he was protected from us older guys, and he was able to come. He was dribbling. He was doing all kind of stuff. And now, of course, everywhere he goes, he's the face, and everybody's kicking the shit out of him. So, in 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 that stuff for him. Now he gets injured. Now he has problems. Where when he was with us, I remember when he stepped up the first time, he was the number ten. We were sitting and we just protected him and let him get get the ball. And he was dribbling against four or five people, and everybody's like, "Oh my god." We have to protect the number 10. Using the, your soccer as number 10 is safe for him. Like, and now everything is questioned, you know? So I think we have a perfect number 10. We just have to figure out where you want to play him. And how to get know? him the ball, right? We got to get him the ball. Because we're not getting yeah. him the ball in good areas. He's getting the ball and he's got three guys up his ass and he's got nowhere to turn. He's going to get fouled, and you have to, And you have to protect him. Yeah, That's right. for me always. I right. say, like, the number 10 is always the guy you have to protect. Because like, if you don't have a guy who protects him, Yes, you have people like me who back in the days they play against these guys and you know exactly what you have to do against them. You want to go hard in tackles, you want to play nasty in this. And so, and if if you, you know, if you get him a couple of times, he, he, you see it like a qualifying games, he, he gets he gets hurt because he's 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 not protected. That's the guy that's because a guy like you would have been chasing him down. <laughs> yeah. I, your tackles, I, mm-mm, he's not yeah, getting up. 100%. 100%. 100%. Hundred percent, I would do this. You know, it's 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 it's, 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 it's what it is. You know. 
Hey, the politician just snapped at you. Quiet. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what, what, I, what I'm telling you about this group, what are you most concerned about? Because the center backs, the pairing, is it Serginho Dest in the right back spot? Great in the attacking phase of the game as a right back. Questions defensively. The left back just relying on Anthony Robinson for width, or is it Christian Pulisic, who you think should be the 10, but is playing on that left touch line, comes inside, and you have three, four people, and he's just getting kicked? Uh, or the number my, nine. My, <laughs> my, my concern is uh, who will be the number one? Hmm. Who is the number one? Who comes out there to be like, you see, like somebody like Tim Howard? You saw the games. He he saved us in, in in big tournaments, you know, in in big games. And I think that that would be important, you know, in um because if you have a good goalie who's who's hundred percent there, who can you know can give the, the the group like that like push, then everything comes from alone because you know it's a tournament is something you you develop. You know, you're getting better from game to game, but if you get like crushed in the first game because you you know maybe not score. But you're getting four, four or five. It's so I, I want to see who's who's the starting goalkeeper and who you know how can how how he can push the team. Jermaine, World Cup starts today. You're part of the coaching staff. You're you know and you're say it's your match day, right? What is it that you can tell this young group of players that will allow them to, you know, I know we say go out there and enjoy it, but not everybody functions that right way, right? Not everybody can allow that type of feeling and they don't, they aren't programmed or they aren't motivated by that. I mean, what is it that you do that gets the most out of this group, knowing that maybe aside from DeAndre Yedlin, it's going to be a first World Cup for everyone. It's going to be the first experience for all of them in, in this scenario. And, and they're coming off of a couple tough uh, windows that, we haven't exactly seen what we had hoped by the, this point in terms of the media, the, the uh, you know, the, the the fans and all that. We're expecting more than what we've gotten so far. It's pretty, for me, pretty simple. If, if I would be the coach, I would tell the guys, look, you go as the youngest group to this into this to this tournament, into it, and um, go out, enjoy. That's the first point. But then, you know, you guys have to understand that this can be your first, or maybe your last World Cup. So you never know if you come it. back to this, you Spits know, you point. never, you know, you don't know if you come back to this, you know, so enjoy that's it. When turn, that's when I turn That's when I turn and start vomiting into the trash can. I say, coach, hold on, hold on with that speech. I'm going to go to the bathroom real quick. I got to, I'm feeling, I'm, I'm not feeling good. <laughs> Something just happened to my pants. Sorry. Hey, but is it, is it, then he takes you out of the starting 11. Then I say, like, you felt already. He's not ready. Like, He's already. not ready for the big time. He's out. He's out. He's not ready. So, but, but that's what it is. Like, right? I, I believe that what I said before, this tournament or World Cup, it's just proven, like, you battle with the best people in the world. So, in everybody talks, I want to play Bundesliga. I want to play Champions League. I want to be a national team player. Now you're on the biggest stage in the world. So, and there's no time to shit in your pants. <laughs> this, this, I'm sorry, that's that's the reality. Yeah. So, is there no that, pressure that, though? Is there pressure on these guys considering they're the youngest, or is that an opportunity to go out and and, and play free? Come on, you know, I know they're pressure. young, but come on. There's no pressure. Where, where's where's pressure in soccer? Come on, like where's pressure? There's there's, there's, no, there, there's no pressure. There's, there's pressure. No pressure there, like, of of all the people who have pressure, it's Greg Berhalter who has the pressure. 
Yes, the that's, coach has maybe the pressure, pressure. but everybody else, like, come on, you can be lucky if you're in the, sitting in the locker room or if you're flying over there. That means already, like, you play in the World Cup or you've been on a bench. So, pressure, like, you, you already you, you made it. Now it's on you to prove it. And if you don't prove it, like, it's on you. Like, I don't understand. Like, people say, oh, you have pressure. If you play soccer, you don't have pressure. If you play in front of 80,000, I don't care because at the end, I love them to be there to put the atmosphere and everything. But at the end, it's it's 11 against 11 on the field. It's me against you. Like, in, if I play against Cristiano Ronaldo, damn right. Yeah, it's good. But I don't want to be on YouTube that he helped Mac me. But I want to be on YouTube how I maybe tackle them away or something. Mm -hmm. So that's that's how you have to go with the mindset in there, you know. And and if you go different that you say, oh, I have pressure and I'm scared. Like, yes, then you wouldn't. You know, that's not your stage then. Do something else. There, then Heath and his and his tidies with stains in them has to has to leave the locker room. Uh, J, JJ, talk 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 to us about you finish playing. You 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 know you want to coach. You have you've always had a passion for it. You've always been a student of the game. You know technique. You know competition. You've played with a di a bunch of different coaches, different styles. How hard is that path? You there, we've seen coaches with limited experience get handed MLS head coaching jobs. You, playing career, have, have to earn everything you, you get, restart. How hard is that path? So if, you know, guys right now who are ultimately planning for the future just have an idea of what it takes to even get into a position to potentially have, be a head coach. First of all, Charlie, you know, like, for me, it's always tougher. <laughs> for me, it's always the tough one. I never get the door open in the front, I always have to break it in in the back to be to come inside. But I can tell you this, you know, um, the journey to become coach um, is a journey. You know, I, 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 what you said, I always had the passion for this, and I said after my career I want to coach. But um, you know, it's going back to school. You know, you're really digging in, and you you're learning philosophies, and you're learning um, what identity you want to have, what you know, what's the, the game plans, um, training setup. Man, PowerPoints. When people ask me before PowerPoints, I say, what, what was the PowerPoint? Like, what are we doing with the PowerPoint? You know, Because I never knew. I had a laptop or an iPad to watch a movie in the bus, but not to work on it. So so all this stuff you have to learn, you know? And people, I see it more and more. People just get thrown in because of people that know. And, you know, in, in but I, I said this from the beginning. I said, I don't want that, you know? I, I want to get it because I deserve it, because I showed you my presentation i showed you my cv you know plain cv that doesn't lie you know and now i, I worked four years i'm i'm an, if you go from my age group uh all the ones who not pick tv who go in coaching they, they maybe have the the u.s soccer a or b license and i finished my pro license so i went to really to dig in and people don't believe that i can you know get it done this quick and yes now i'm you know now i'm challenging people and say look I'm not saying give, give me something for free. I'm just giving give me the opportunity because I worked hard. I worked hard to become, you know, to that or come to that stage to say like, hey, I'm a U19 US soccer coach assistant. Yes, I want to have my team at one time, at one point. I worked hard for this and I deserve the chance to prove it. If I'm not good, kick me out. That's the normal job of everyone in the coaching business. But at least give me the opportunity because why I'm going back for four years and work my ass off and then don't get opportunity. And then you see actually people coming and saying, you know, you have everything, you have this and this and this, 
but we picked somebody else and then you see the people that are picking and you're going like what how is that possible like you know what was wrong you know and then i'm asking it what was wrong and then it feels like a lot of times it's just like because people look and still like the oh his playing career you know he was outspoken he's he, he maybe he's going crazy again and, and i'm like guys everybody gets older we we, we get we we learning too so how i was as a player that shows me alone that you don't know me because the people who know me they know that i was a winner and i wanted to win every training every game and this is why teams are played on i was able to make better because of my personality it was not just my talent it was my personality to help developing the group and getting better in general so in how is it now that you guys look at it and say oh he's crazy of what he says and things because if you don't know me then you cannot judge me on what i said because that's something i loved i love to go to an interview and say instead like oh when they ask me how's how's mexico doing instead i'm saying like the normal thing yes mexico is a good team i would go and say some some something completely different you know that not anymore like, oh, though Jermaine. not anymore yeah. now you're saying i don't want to get into it yeah now you're a politician <laughs> now you keep yeah. close you know but this is what i'm saying like yeah but this, this is what it is you're learning right you, you understand i do want to say that i love that you're not skipping any steps i think it's an important part of the journey that you learn along the way even when you're coaching the young kids to getting up to the pros there's so many little things that you can learn and uh, i want to give you continued success yeah. in that direction. Obviously, USL has got a ton of teams. MLS got a ton of teams. MLS Next Pro is coming as well. There's going to be plenty of opportunities that I think should be provided to you, and hopefully you can take advantage of those and then get up to the top where you belong, given all your vast experience. All right, last question before we let you go, Jermaine Jones, and it's part of our tradition here on the show. What is the best jersey swap that you've ever made in your career? And then give us uh, your biggest regret. Like, who did you try to go switch with? And then they it said didn't, no. didn't happen. If, unless unless everybody's or I've already promised it to my my mom you know, <laughs> grandma okay yeah I have which one you want first let's do the best the best one best yeah. swap ever okay best swap ever was um Cristiano Ronaldo at the World Cup oh that's good that's wow. that's pretty good that's good did you, bad, eh? did you yeah. go up to ask him how, how did it yeah. go so I went after the game, he was outside and I walked past, walked past by him and I said, good game. And he was still in Jersey and I said, like, you swap? And he's like, yeah. And then swapped it. Nice and so, easy. See, see how it's done, Heath? That's how you, that's yeah. how you do it. Heath, yeah. Heath struggled yeah. in his career to get Look, he's, Jersey swap. Like, he, he, he doesn't feel hey, right. Hey, no. Right I got I got <laughs> some good ones. I, I got Jorosky. <laughs> I got Awumiela uh, when he was oh, for, uh, playing for Germany. Uh, Germany <laughs> The main one, though. Uh, I got some good ones. I got a, I got Aguero guys, Lucio. Come on, and Ashley Cole. Okay. I just all right, know that's what they really oh, wanted. Okay. I, they're not I good, some good ones, though, but it's all right. Yeah. It's all right. There's some good ones. There's some good ones. In the bad How about so, so what about the ones where you got somebody said, somebody said no to you? What, what you got? Oh, what's what's was, your best uh, story there? My my first one. My first thing that was um we played uh we played as Rome, in uh in I played my first Champions League game against us Rome and then after the game I you know I arrived you didn't go to, to Tati. Tati. I love it. I love the ambition. I went, I went to Tati and I said, oh swap and he's like, no, I have already with I think yeah. with the France or somebody else, another player. He's yeah. like, I swap and I'm like, don't lie to me. <laughs> I know you I know you just don't want to give it to me, but it's okay. Like it's okay. Hey you went then, to the top first. Hey, and then I swear, I, I, then because I know it, because I run inside, 
And then I went to 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 France, you know, and asked everybody like, who swapped with uh, with uh, Totti? <laughs> you know, nobody said nobody. That is unbelievable. But at least you went for it. I respect that. Yeah. Jermaine Jones, everybody, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. We thank appreciate you, you. Show some love for him on the Twitters and in the YouTube comments. Jermaine, thank you so much for your time. All right, we're gonna take our first and only break of the show when we come back. We got a lot of news to get into, like always. Don't go anywhere. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back, everybody, to In Soccer We Trust. I'm Jimmy Conrad alongside Charlie Davies and Heath Pierce. And guys, we just finished a great interview with Jermaine Jones, who, again, is up for induction into the National Soccer Hall of Fame. So hopefully that happens for him. And I hope that he gets a coaching job as well. Charlie, I'm going to come to you first since you got to play with him with the New England Revolution. That was a pretty good interview. Anything stand out for you with what he said? Yeah, he's turned into a politician. Um, <laughs> he said he's I learning. I he's, never he's thought learning. I'd see the day where Jermaine Jones keeps his his comments to himself and 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 just says, you know what? I'm gonna I'm just gonna go with uh, Tyler Adams as my. And that's what I was saying when he was saying, "Give me a starting eleven." He went Adams only, and I went, "You can't guarantee me Musa. How how can you not g- give me a guarantee on Musa?" And he he was not gonna budge. Only Tyra, Tyler Adams is the only player he would say. I would put in my starting 11. Do, do you like this mature version of Jermaine Jones or do you kind of like want the old Jermaine back? <laughs> I miss the old Jermaine, but no, this is, this is progress. So I'm, I'm happy for Jermaine. Um, this is, this is a player and a person who deserves to be coaching uh, at the highest level. Yeah, so, I hope he gets the opportunity. Yes. For sure, it's just I a think. matter of time. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I honestly think that with MLS Next Pro coming and obviously USL continuing to expand, there's going to be opportunities for him to get his shot. And then he, he, I, I assume he'll make the most of it and then he can keep moving up the ladder. And I, and I want that for him. He's got too much experience for him not to be able to be in a position to give back to the next generation. Heath, how about you? Anything that stand out for you in that interview? Uh, yeah, I mean, that, that growth side, right? I mean, Jermaine went after U.S. soccer for a long time and is now part of that system. And, and that, that's one thing, but, but the thing that stuck out, stood out for me the most was him willing to do the work. We've talked about this a lot. There's a lot of guys who want to do TV until they get a coaching job, right? But there's somebody out busy coaching when that happens, or they want to do this and they're not doing both. They're just waiting for somebody at the door and say, Hey, here's your job. And the approach that he has and then his acceptance of like, well, if I don't get it done, then fire me. That's the reality. And the part two to that is that he's setting himself up to be a career coach, right? Which means if it works or doesn't work at a club, you go and you work hard to get the job at the next club. And I think that attitude or that mentality is is needed with the next generation of coaches that we want to have leading our national team or leading our, our, our clubs here at any level, right? Is that 
idea of like, I want to do this full time. I want to be the best that I can be at it as opposed to it being like, well, you know, I'll try it if someone gives me the right opportunity, but also do all these other things. You need that commitment if we're going to get the best, uh, if we're going to get the best out of our potential coaches. So I like, I like that mentality. Yeah. Yeah. He's definitely got the right mentality and his speech to the guys was like straight to the point too, <laughs> if he was going to be the coach, which was pretty funny. That was one of my highlights for sure. All right, let's get into some news. We'll do a little lap around the world with the news. The new FIFA men's rankings have come out. I think these will be the final rankings before the world cup starts. We got Brazil on top. No big surprise. They're about three deep in every single position. That must be a nice luxury to have Belgium. Number two, I don't know. Does somebody have a crush on Kevin De Bruyne? Like what? Number two, Argentina, number three, France four, England number five, and then Italy didn't make the World Cup, still in six, Spain seven, Netherlands eight, Portugal nine, Denmark 10, Germany 11. It's a bit of a surprise there. Mexico 13, and we are in 16th, just ahead of Colombia, yeah, Senegal, the coefficient Wales, is weird. and Iran. Yeah. In the Canada? coefficient is weird. Strength of schedule, in you know, Canada. these guys play Nations League in Europe too, so strength of schedule is always going to be higher ranked opponents all the time. Results are not results. It's a weird coefficient but at least we're not what, what was it jimmy uh what was the highest u.s ranking ever was it like we were three i think three? Had, no no we were going into the 2006 world cup we were third in the world which no pressure didn't do us any favors <laughs> let's be honest mm -mm. We, we love being the underdog and i'm gonna have to say mm -mm. yeah yeah okay i was i get it if i was <laughs> hey, i was, I, I I was walking it. around i was walking around saying i play for a top 10 national team in the world right now you know so no one could tell me anything, and then it didn't, <laughs> yeah. didn't, didn't end up didn't up, end up working out for yeah, us. Uh, yeah, it didn't it didn't work out uh, all that much. All right, another let's say World Cup related news. Leo Messi actually has come out and said that this is going to be his last World Cup, and I'm actually kind of sad about it because I wanted to see him play in the U.S. in 2026, baby. I thought maybe seeing him and Cristiano Ronaldo after 40 years old is what we want here in the states. I don't know. I mean, he's retired from the national team before and come back. You think this is he's his last World Cup, though, Charlie? Right? 41? Is, that, is he 85, 86? 80, he is, I think he's only I 35 that's right such, now. That's such disrespect uh, to not know what year Do you think born. he'll play? Do you think Do you think this is just, uh, he's 35 right now. He'd be 39. He couldn't be a super sub at that point? I don't know. No? No. What's All his right. last one? All right, cool. Well, good talk. Thanks for humoring me with that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, Matt Turner is getting another start in Europa League today. Yeah, that's a big deal. And it's nice to see that... Uh, Kel Arteta is giving him these starts in the in the Europa League and in a, in a competition that they obviously want to have success in. It's not that's not that they don't want like an elite cup game, but the Europa League is a pretty big deal. So we're excited to see him get the start. Uh, Jordi, Jordi Pifak also started for Union Berlin against Malmo today in the, in the Europa League as well. So we got guys littered all over the place. But let's talk about Christian Pulisic. I started it mixed off. Discrude, mixed, mixed Discrude, too. Uh, he, he went up for, uh, for Ammonia and Nicosia up against Manchester did. United. That uh, ended, ended up losing, but that would have been United. cool. But it yeah. would have been cool to see Mixed Discrude. Uh, probably not back in the mix for the U.S. And, and, uh, <laughs> probably. <we> gotta... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just trying mind. to trigger you, Charles. I'm just trying to trigger you. Just trying to trigger you. Oh, okay, so let's talk about today. Christian Pulisic because there seems to be a pattern that's emerging uh, with him at Chelsea, and it's the pattern is these managers that are in charge don't really like to play him very much. And that but is that is a that problem. a manager thing or is that a me thing? You know, at, at, when it all comes down to it, is it a manager thing if multiple managers don't do it and you're not right? And I said this. This is I I, I use the example that I've had the conversation with Mark McKenzie. Mark McKenzie blamed uh, the manager when he wasn't playing. When I, him and I had private conversation, I'm sharing that with you guys. Um, of saying yeah, this coach doesn't like you. Doesn't like me. New coach comes in, doesn't play him. 
And after a while, you start to go, well, what is it that you're also doing, right? How can you affect the change that you want to, uh, within all of that? And I look at Christian Pulisic, and I think we know he, and we know how good he is, but is his mentality already one foot out the door? I need to get out of here. It doesn't matter, blah, blah, blah. Or is there just players better than him and he's in peak form? Or is there somewhere in between all of that at a certain point? You got you to gotta be able to look at that and can't just keep blaming the next coach that comes in, right? Well, yeah. I mean, then, then I would throw in he, he has played. He has come in as a substitute. And didn't do anything to say, you know, he gets an assist. But we all know as, as a substitute, as an attacking player, the only way you really change your, your, your opportunities and turn them into starts is with goals and with, like, yeah. real impact. And You're you not going to start from 10 minutes. You're not going to start from 10 minutes. You also need to have confidence from your coach. If you know, yeah. you know this is just being thrown out to you, it's really hard. I've said it from the very beginning. He he just needs a change of scenery. I th- I think that's what it comes down to. He needs a change of scenery. Sometimes you're in a group and it's almost like ingrained in everyone's mind that you're a, you're a substitute. Like you're not going to play. You're not seen you're not seen as being better than Mason Mount. You're not seen as being better than Kai Havertz and you you're not going to have the potential to be even though I think he can and and is when he's at his best. It doesn't matter if, if you're if a coach and the people within the front office think believe that that there's not too much that can change. That's why Charlie's got five houses, Jimmy. Sometimes you just need that change of scenery. You know what I mean? <laughs> keeps it keeps it fresh, right? In, in your life. <laughs> no, I'm curious. I obviously wish we all wish that he was playing a little bit more and being influential when he gets on the field and and uh, when he does get his moments against Crystal Palace. We saw it when he gets the ball and he can drive at people. He is a difference maker, and we just want to see a little bit more of that. I was a little disappointed he didn't get to play against Milan in their 3-0 win. Well, let's talk about a player that did for the U.S., Serginho Dest. Then the whole team didn't look great. He got his first start for Milan in the Champions League. Heath, I'll come to you as our resident outside back. <laughs> did you didn't... see the handball, handball thing he did? Yeah, uh, it, it, it wasn't... Uh, it wasn't... <laughs> maybe I'm trying to be diplomatic here with the word choice, but it, it, it could have been better. Maybe Maybe I could start there. Yeah, I agree. Um, but fortunately for him, there's injuries that are going to keep him in the mix of of getting looks. And again, let's go back to Serginho Dest. Serginho Dest played one full season in the first team at Ajax and was sold, right? And now he spent the rest of the time trying to figure out how good am I? He's still so young. He's still got so little professional experience. He's got like the techers in the feet and the technical better than anybody in our in our national team pool by far. Probably one of the highest, most technical players in the world in terms of like just those types of that that feet. But now he's got to figure out how you do that, how that how that applies to a team strategy and a tactic over ninety minutes and week after week, day after day in training. And we're just seeing the inconsistency of a really young player, which we saw on the national team um, since he's been on. So I think he's just got a long way to go to us seeing the potential become a more consistent reality. And I just don't think he has the confidence right now um, at this moment either. I would say though, there was that moment in the first half when he got isolated with Chilwell on the side, gave him a little shake, got by him and whipped in the cross. And I was like, that's what I want to see. Black Friday, World Cup, US mm-hmm. England, down the right side, Chilwell starting at left back and just roast him. Because mm-hmm. that just showed me we we know how how good he is and how how good he can be in the attacking half of the game but defensively without proper support that's that's been questioned i think his starting position it's already his defense is already looking better at milan than it had had been for the past year 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm kind of curious too. And I think maybe the asks are a little bit different for Milan than Barcelona. I think it was clear they wanted him to be a wing back, uh, getting forward first and and uh, defending optional, I would say in some ways. But with Milan, it's probably the opposite or maybe a better balance between the two. So, so yeah, interesting times for Serginho Dest. Uh, can we, if we can sidebar a little bit into England, because Kyle Walker looks like he might be ruled out for the World Cup. And if they play that back three, he's been on the right side of that back three, and he was excellent in the Euros, Kyle Walker. So that could be something we could take advantage of. I say that kind of with a smile on my face because they got like 17 right backs that they can choose from. Now, Reese James was excellent in Chelsea's 3-0 win against Milan. Chilwell was a force on the left side as well, definitely going forward. What, what do we say? If, if you're, do you think we're going to see Reese James? Or, or I guess, Charlie, I'll come to you. I mean, do, do these outside backs, these wing backs for England, do they scare you a little bit? Or do you think that's something we can maybe use to our advantage where because they're bombing forward so much, we can maybe plant our guys in those gaps between their back three and those wing backs to try to gain some type of Also, Charlie, if you, want, if you want to piss a British person off, call a wing back an outside back and watch them <laughs> melt. Uh, on that fullback. word. It's Ameri- call him a fullback. Yeah, call him a fullback or a wingback. <laughs> you call him an outside back, you will send them into oblivion. So if like uh, if we could just get right. any of our well, players can, on the field during the World Cup to walk up to them and be like, well, oh, you playing outside back today? Well, Jim, uh, listen well, here. Well, well, where, <laughs> hey, Jim, listen here. What I'm going to say is uh, I'm not really that all that afraid of uh, their, them fullbacks on England. <laughs> uh, you know, you, you have, uh, I guess they can hurt you. Uh, on set pieces, uh, when you're when you're talking about Alexander uh, Arnold, there uh, he, he he can whip a ball in. But other than that, I'm really not all the, not that uh, afraid of, of them. So um, how about this? Bless his heart, not that good. Uh, no, but I I am not I'm not worried about their outside backs, England. Uh, not not at all. Zero. I am that Harry Kane. That's who scares me. Phil Foden. That's who scares me. Those are game changers. Bukayo Saka. Yeah, that guy's really the, good. Those are the players that can Saka's break great. you down 1v1. They, they can pull people out of position, and they can finish. Raheem right. Sterling even, just how, how active he is. He, he pulls people out of space. He's made great runs. They're intelligent. They work well together. The attacking and, and, half, that's what frightens me. Well, if, and, and if let's I'm be honest. About England. Jude Bellingham, for everybody that doesn't know, 19-year-old, mm-hmm. just captained. Borussia Dortmund in the Champions League and scored a sick goal and had an assist in that game as well. I assume he's going to start because Calvin Phillips is hurt. I think there's going to be like Declan Rice and Jude Bellingham and maybe Mason Mount in front of them. And then you have one of the, the three players that you mentioned with Harry or two players, Harry Kane. By the way, what I mean, that that front six is, by the way, is pretty legitimate. I like I like Bellingham's why, game a lot. Why is Jude allowed to play at 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 um, Borussia Dortmund? But we need all of our players to play at bigger clubs than Dortmund. Like, why can't that be the place that at Christian Pulisic is at his best. I get it. Jude Bellingham's a teenager. Um, uh, but is it, isn't he a teenager? What, how old is yeah, he? Yeah, he's 19. 19? Yeah. 19. But, yeah. But, uh, they, but like, they were selling Christian because he wasn't, he, he was almost surplus. surplus at that point. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was, he wasn't the main guy at that point. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that. Yeah, but, a, I, but, but, but I guess the, that's the, like a the whole other point podcast, I'm trying to, though. yeah. The point I'm trying to make is that like Dortmund is the big club. But we've moved so quickly from being like full America or somebody fighting for relegation, Jay, uh, Jay Demerit at Watford, to now being like, well, we need 
every year we need to break a new record of how many teams yeah. are playing at Champions if League. If they don't clubs, play you know? for Chelsea well, or Juventus, yeah. they suck. Like, yeah. what happened to just it being like those clubs where they could even make a career, where that could be the ceiling, and you go from a Dortmund to the next version of a Dortmund instead of it having to be like these quick jumps. Uh, and 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 part of the issue right now that we're going into, Tyler that. Adams, thirty million, right? Uh, Brendan Aronson, thirty million. Christian Pulisic, 60 million. Like we are entering a category where these guys can only go vertically. Uh, they cannot go laterally, especially if they're coming out of MLS, which most of them always will. That sell price now has to be exceeded to go to the next place. If they want to keep on a track, that maybe it doesn't work. And so anyways, that's a whole other conversation. But my yeah, point no, is, no, is that sure. it's good. a guy who's going to start for England, the number, what, five team in the world and 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 or three team in the world. Five, they're one of five. the best teams in yeah, the world. That's just one. That's one of 11, you know? Yeah. The rest it is are, one of 11. The but, rest are but, on City. Oh, no, I, I fully agree. It's okay. apples to oranges. But what I am saying is that, like, he will be trusted. There is seven other players for England that could play in a World Cup in that position. But they're going to trust the young guy playing at Borussia Dortmund. Um, and that's okay for them. In, in a so, very important part of the yeah, field, too. He, but he won't way. be there for much longer, either. We we know that as well. Yeah. He's, right. he, he's not just Charlie, he's not Dortmund just let me life. dream. <laughs> let me dream. Charlie's here. All right, just, Christian, just stay no, at Chelsea then forever, okay? Fine. You act like we'll Drew Bellingham is going to say, I'm Dortmund for life. He's he's on that train to, to either City, Liverpool, or Real Madrid. I heard Real Madrid is where yeah. he's being locked in right now, which would... Do they need him? I mean, they got Chuameni. They got Camavinga. It's just a surplus of goods. Must be nice. All right, let's finish uh, the podcast today with uh, Leagues Cup. For everybody that doesn't know, that's a new competition that is being sanctioned by CONCACAF. That's a month long. It's going to run from July 21st to August 19th. And all 77 clubs, if I'm not mistaken, are going to feature in this. Um, I think that's all the teams. Yes, so 77 games, excuse me, are going to be hosted only at MLS stadiums. But the whole, all both leagues, Mexico and, and MLS are going to stop. They're just going to stop and they're going to play this competition and uh, here I got some of the fun facts. There's no ties in this. Each team will receive one point if the game is tied after 90 minutes. If they win the penalty shootout, they'll earn an additional point. So throwing it back to some of the let's go the old new rules, guys, rules, which is fun. Action. Uh, uh, each club will play a minimum of two matches in the group stage. So there's going to be 15 groups of three, so 45 teams. And then uh, a couple of the teams are going to get automatic buys into the knockout rounds. The rounds will start at the round of 32, and they'll whittle their way all the way up to the top. The group assignments will be figured out based on rankings and all that good stuff. I won't get you into the details there. Uh, the third place match will qualify for the CONCACAF Champions League if you win that third place match. And obviously both finalists will get there as well. Apparently there's going to be significant uh, financial rewards based on how well you do, which then can be applied to salary caps and all that good stuff. So they definitely want everybody to take this serious. Uh, this will be the first ever addition between the two things. And I think it's a nice Precur I, I mean, I love when there's a meaningful competition between Mexico and the U.S., whether it's at the national team level or whether it's at the club level. I think it does really raise some of the, the atmosphere and the stakes, and I think that uh, it is something I'm excited about. So I'm curious to see how this, is, this tournament's going to go and how it's going to be received. It's going to be part of the Apple TV deal, so for everybody that uh, is ready for that, when MLS moves over to Apple TV, this is going to be part of that package, which should be very exciting. I wish, though, I will say, I wish some of the games were in Mexico. All, the, all 77 matches will be played in MLS stadiums, whether it's in the U.S. or Canada. And I feel like we miss out on an opportunity for some of our players, maybe our young Americans, as it pertains to our U.S. men's national team-focused podcast here. Jimmy, to go money. down it's into, money. But to go down but there, and 
I get it. You I get, get it. But, but you don't get you. You take an MLS game down to Mexico, you will get uh, pennies on the dollar compared to what I those get that. clubs will get. I'm just talking about the experience, the right? And going oh, I, into I a totally hostile environment I, and trying I think to get it'd be better. amazing. Uh, yeah, yes. amazing. But we've seen. I mean, we've also seen. Maybe in the future. Concacaf Champions League. You play in three quarters empty stadiums in a lot of those matches, and the pressure is completely different, right? Um, until you get into the late knockout rounds. And I'm hoping this is different. I hope this brings these two links back together. But generally, similar to FMF and the Mexican national team, they don't want to play those games in Mexico because the revenue is far greater for sponsorships and partnerships and 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 gates and all of those things that come into play uh, in the U.S. than they are playing in a in even a full Azteca. And so it's a shame. Because I think it would be amazing for an experience. I think it'd be amazing for fan bases to be able to travel like that as well. Um, and hopefully that's part of the future. Um, I don't know. Yeah, well, yeah, Charlie, before I throw it to you, we did see a little bit of a, we got a taste of it this summer when LA Galaxy and LAFC took on Chivas Guadalajara and Club America. And that atmosphere at SoFi was sick, right? Sold out thing. And it was it was uh, very cool. And I think that's a, a nice little taste of what's to come, especially as this tournament gains more prestige and 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 more teams kind of understand how to balance it. I do like that they're stopping the league. I know that feels maybe a little weird and it will for this first one, but I like that it's forcing all the clubs in both countries or all three countries, Canada included, to just focus on this. There's no distractions of your league games. There's no balancing or rotating your squad. Like this is right. it. You're going what, for it. That, what are your thoughts? You like that though, Charlie, in the middle of a season and where like you might be in hot form in the league right yeah. now on a run. Well, you just got to carry just, it. You yeah. carry that into to, to this competition. I mean, the important part of it is that they're stopping it to, to raise awareness and importance of this competition. So if you had all these other games, you know your coach is prioritizing the league versus this. This is a way to to make sure that everyone is focused on getting the best result and that you're going to play your best players. Because otherwise, you know, it's this is, it was going to be a, a recipe for, okay, rotation, here you go, you're off, you're off, you're off, and rest of my guys. Now it's all my best players are playing. I think this is a, a way to ensure that teams play their best players yeah. and get the most out of this competition. And, it was going to be the guess, international championship, international champions cup, which eventually faded off, right? Because of the right. fact that you knew you were going to get the eighteen-year-old kid from Juventus, you weren't going to get Ronaldo. No, no, no. It's interesting. I, I, I like it. I think it's ambitious. I, I think it's worth trying. I think it's a nice way to maybe bring in more casuals or or fans that only support uh, Mexican teams to to show some respect, or or maybe even go support their local MLS team in some capacity. And I think that's just going to build up and ramp up towards the World Cup that we're hosting in 2026. So I think there's a lot of positives here. Yeah. I'm going to reverse engineer this, and then I want to hear your guys' final thoughts. If there's a final of this of this League's Cup between an MLS team and a Mexican team, that is going to pop off, and I will make plenty of time in my life to watch that because I think it would be really, really exciting. So I'm, I'm, I'm very curious to see how this one gets off the ground and then where it builds from there because – as it starts to, like I said, gain in prestige and gain a little bit of history. And now there's a little bit of bad blood with these teams playing before in a couple of leagues cups. And there's, you know, we have some stats to work around and, and mm -hmm. some rivalry. It's going to be great. So I'm really excited about it. Okay. Keith, I'll come to you. Final thoughts yeah. of the show. And obviously thank you again to Jermaine Jones for spending some time with us at the first half and, and for everybody else that's been supporting us and listening and watching for a long time. And if you're new here, hit like, and subscribe. We'd appreciate that. I'll tell you when they had the double header, this is my final thought. And uh, in LA, it was popping off. And the weird part was similar to the Liga Mekis MLS um, All-Star Game that happened in LA, where you have Mexican national team fans, you have US national team fans, 
You have Liga Emekis fans, you have MLS fans, and then you have everybody that's a little bit of everything. And Queen and fans. Culturally, <laughs> it was it was, yeah, it was a very bizarre experience because nobody knew who to fight. You know, everybody wanted to fight everybody <laughs> because you might be fighting somebody because of club where the players play at their clubs, but you might be fighting people because of what national teams they play for. And you had all this weird little intertwined overlap that that I love it, and it's only going to get more intertwined uh, MLS and Liga MX, and I, I'm I'm excited about it. Now I know why you grew this mustache. You're you're getting ready for Halloween. Who are you going to be? No, somebody saying well, Wario. Somebody Wario. saying Freddie Mercury. Like if you can't see Heath Pierce, he his his mustache is more robust than usual. It's, it's, it is it is it's legit. It is uh Ted yeah. Ted Lasso esque. I would say Charlie. Oh, final thoughts. That's a good one. Final thoughts. Another awesome episode. JJ, let's go. Uh, I'm hyped for him and his growth. And then, yeah, we just continue to have some great guests and good conversations. So uh, let's keep it going. Let's Charlie keep it going. Dude. Charlie let's, see, let's see if Charlie's favorite player next week is somebody different than Tyler Adams or maybe Eunice Musa. I don't even know. All right, everybody. That is the end of the show. Those so on behalf of too. our special guest, Jermaine Jones, and producer Des, producer Alex, Charlie Chuck Wagon Davies, Hollywood Heath Pierce. I'm Jimmy Conrad Dino Conrad saying thank you for listening and watching you in Soccer We Trust as always. And we will see you tomorrow for another great episode. We'll see you then. Later. The time has come for drag queens to save the world. RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars is back on Paramount Plus, and for the first time ever... I want you to use your talent for good for a change. <laughs> Eight iconic queens are competing for the charity of their choice. This is how you do drag. Who will slay it forward, win cash for their favorite cause, and a coveted spot in the Drag Race Hall of Fame. RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars. New season streaming May 17th exclusively on Paramount Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply.